We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast, coming to you live on a Sunday afternoon, uh, interrupting the uh, Bills and Chiefs game. So uh, hopefully you are uh, enjoying your Sunday, having a good time. Can't wait to uh, dive back into the Broncos and Chargers matchup. We'll also take some questions today. Uh, and joining to do that are my guys, Alex and Tyler. Alex, it's a good time for Philly sports, man. Uh, how are you doing today? Yeah, it is a good time. Uh, a, a precursor to the picks, I will be picking the Eagles. And if they lose the one week that I pick them instead of Tyler, uh, I will go ballistic. <laughs> but it's uh, been a good time. And uh, to the Padres fans, uh, I'm, I'm sure we will hate each other for the next week. So get get strapped in. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun week on Twitter. Uh, I say that sarcastically looking at all of the Dodgers and Padres talk. So I'm just ready for baseball season to be over. That's where I stand on the matter. Uh, Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing tonight? I love that I just don't care really about watching other <laughs> sports. I'm not involved with this. I just watch like Dodgers fans want to burn things down or Padres fans sometimes want to burn things down. I'm just like, you know, we got Shohei Atani and Mike Trout and we suck every year. So I'm an Angels <laughs> fan and, you know, the, the Lakers aren't doing anything. And, you know, we have the Chargers at least. So, yeah. Yes, Alex Davis, I see you in the chat. Odd broadcast time. It just worked out that way. And thank Look, you for if, the if weird. You want, if you want to be with here. us instead of watching Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, you're fucking weird, but we really appreciate <laughs> you. <laughs> you're the weird ones. Yeah, we're the weird ones planning this around this. But uh, I mean, one of us has, uh, you know, a, a game to watch right after this. I was uh, traveling back from 
the Pacific Northwest with a bunch of high school kids on Friday night. And uh, frankly, didn't feel like waking up early morning on Saturday and, and uh, talking about the Chargers. So I uh, wanted to be able to <laughs> have the day off and recover. Yeah. So, you know, we got delayed in Vegas. I didn't get home on uh, Friday night until like 1 a.m., which for me is like super late, uh, even on a Friday night. So uh, after traveling, I just wanted to be able to uh, take that day and uh, appreciate Tyler and Alex for uh, working around my schedule as I get back in uh, back in the swing of things. Nice of you, Stephen, to show the kids what homelessness and crack cocaine looks like. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it was sad. Like I, I went to Portland in uh, like 2017. Um, went on uh, um, a student section trip to go see Utah play at Oregon State, and we stayed in in Portland for the for we stayed in Portland on Sunday, and uh, it was really nice downtown. I was, and then you know going back five years later was uh, definitely disappointing. But um, there were a lot of other good parts. I mean, the kids had fun. Washington and Portland, that whole area, very very pretty. So it was a good trip for sure. All right, so uh, we're going to give some uh, final thoughts. I'll give my initial thoughts, I guess, on uh, the Chargers matchup with the Broncos tomorrow night. And as we always do, have to uh, start with the injury news. Um, Obviously, we've kind of been expecting Keenan Allen to be out. He basically said as much um, to Lindsey Theory of ESPN earlier in the week that he was targeting a uh, week seven return against the uh seattle seahawks uh as ross ackerman says geno smith is goaded that's really funny um but yeah so keenan allen likely not playing tomorrow um you guys talked on the show on tuesday about you know the the key matchup being whoever's guarded by patrick Sertan. sounds like that's going to be mike williams so um alex we'll start with you where are you at with uh keenan allen's health status and how that changes things for uh, tomorrow night's game against the Broncos and uh, specifically Patrick Sertan. Yeah, um, I'm not too concerned, I, I guess, about the timeline because I feel like we all kind of thought it would be the week uh, eight game or after, sorry, the week seven game or after the bye. Um, if they really wanted to stretch it out that far, I always did think it was kind of a long shot to play against the Broncos. I guess technically it's not, you know, over. You know, he still could play tomorrow, I guess, if he does feel sure. good enough. But it seems like the timeline they picked would uh, be against that. Um, I really wanted Keenan Allen to play simply because I think that even in a hobbled state, he has a better chance at beating Patrick Sertan than Mike Williams does. Um, just with the tools to separate that he has, um, not to say Mike Williams isn't going to get his, I do think he will have his wins against Patrick Sertan at times, but I do think that makes it a little bit more difficult because you could have had, you know, Mike Williams against, uh, some other corner on the Broncos that, you know, wouldn't have been as effective as Sertan. And that would have kind of opened up things for the offense, especially considering the Ronald Darby injury as well. Uh, but now that you have to have Mike on Sertan and then, you know, natural separators in terms of Josh Palmer and the other wide receivers that are kind of past Mike Williams at this point, uh, I, I don't really count on them, like getting much separation during the game. DeAndre Carter, obviously kind of been very quiet the last few weeks as well. Um, maybe they uh, activate Michael Bandy. Like, I, I, I don't know what they're going to do here. Uh, but at the same time, it's just a little bit stressful to see Mike Williams potentially kind of getting taken out of the game by Patrick Sertan and then them not having a lot of other, a lot left at wide receiver, I guess, to fill that void behind him. Uh, so that's kind of why I would have liked for Keenan Allen to play this game, even though I always thought it was uh, a little bit unlikely. 
Yeah. Mike Williams versus Patrick Sertan. If Mike Williams wants to go out and have a great game like he did against the Browns, great. That's awesome. If he wants to go beat Pat Sertan that bad, great. But like Alex said, I'm not really expecting it. No slight on Mike Williams. He's just not that great of a separator. And Pat Sertan is playing really, 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 really well. And not that he shut down Devontae Adams, but Adams is a whole other class of receiver. And I thought Sertan did really, really well against him. The good news is the Chargers have been figuring out how to pivot with their offense, get either easy targets from Mike Williams, you know, yak plays, or just find a way to get him one-on-one on the outside. And they found a way to evolve in some way their offense, in particular the run game, without Keenan Allen. So it's going to be rough sledding. Uh, people who are expecting the Chargers to put up 30-something points, 27 points this game, I think that's ignorant, I suppose, to the fact that the Broncos do have a good defense. Um, so, of course, the Chargers are better out there with Keenan Allen, no doubt about that. The Broncos are, I think, sixth in the league in third down conversion rate for their defense, uh, sixth being in a good way for them. So, yes, they absolutely absolutely will miss Keenan Allen, as they have. But I think this Chargers team is at least set up to survive because they've had to do it the last couple of weeks. Granted, not against this caliber of a defense. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Teresa was pointing out a lot of people really underestimating uh, how good Patrick Sertan is at this point. I understand he's still relatively young right and there's there's not you know the the big names at corner are not playing super well you know obviously jc has had his struggles uh getting healthy you know jalen ramsey hasn't had a ton of great games um tredavious white is injured so i think there's a legitimate argument that patrick Sertan is the, the best cornerback in the league like full stop right now and you know the way that he has played over the past few weeks uh, against elite competition, like we all praised uh, Asante Samuel Jr. for like, you know, taking some swings at Devontae Adams and Patrick Sertan like flat out shut him down uh, in their one-on-one matchups, like uh, Tyler was saying. So I'm not expecting a ton of production from Mike Williams. I do think this is a huge game for uh, the rest of the other players in, in this kind of matchup around Mike Williams. So um, the good news there is that, you know, we talked about or I talked about this last week leading up to the Browns game, um, how it, it kind of seemed like they the other guys, if you will, were kind of at a matchup disadvantage just from like a talent standpoint. When you're talking about like the, you know, John Johnson and and Denzel Ward and all these guys, Greg Newsom, who are really, really good secondary players. But uh, Justin Simmons is injured. Caden Stearns is injured. Those are their two starting safeties. You still have. Kareem Jackson, of course, who's who's a good player, but clearly not who he once was. Ronald Darby is injured. K1 Williams is a good slot corner for sure. Um, but outside of Sertan, you have some combination of like Damari Mathis, who uh, I liked at Pittsburgh, but he's still a, a late round rookie corner. He's saying ba- Bassey or however you say it. I can't even remember. He spent like two weeks on the Chargers last year. So this should be a matchup advantage for Gerald Everett, who was quiet last week for Josh Palmer, who was quiet last week. And we might not see a ton of Mike Williams, but I think you will see, in my opinion, at least Gerald Everett have a a really solid game and bounce back in a big way this week. Yeah, I would think so, and I would hope so. We'll see what they do with Donald Barham. They tried to get him involved a bit last week, didn't Mm -hmm. really get going, and then after that false start or whatever it was, they seemed to pull him. Um, But I would have to imagine at this point, against this Broncos team, yeah, you want to get him more involved this game. Yeah, so obviously that's going to be a a key thing to to keep an eye on there. Um, The next thing, which really kind of, uh, we'll see how this progresses, right? Corey Lindsley does have an illness. He was downgraded to questionable. Um, Brandon Staley said, 
on uh, like yesterday that it was kind of a 24 hour mm-hmm. thing. Uh, one of the reporters pointed out that he did have a fever. So now that he's uh, being downgraded, maybe that obviously hasn't progressed the way that they have hoped. So we'll see what happens there. Um, yesterday, there wasn't any real concern that Corey Lindsley was going to miss the game on Monday, but obviously depends how uh, he's feeling. Obviously, all of us have you know had a fever, and I don't know specifically like what kind of fever he's experiencing right now. Um, I'm not super concerned about Will Cap Will Clap playing in this game. Like individually, I think he is fine. But I think we all saw the last week and the week before that, um, just the kind of difference from a technique, from a schematic standpoint that uh, Corey Lindsay is able to make when he's healthy, when he's right. Um, so that that's really where I'm at. I think Will Clap is a fine backup. Um, obviously, LDE Bruin points out, you know, I hope it's not COVID because, you know, a COVID situation would be really, really bad for this team right now. Um, but we'll have to see how that progresses. Individually, like I said, I feel fine about Will Clapp playing in this game, but um, obviously going up against Raymond Jones and, um, shoot, what's DJ Jones. DJ Jones. Uh, yeah. Without Corey Lindsley is certainly less than ideal. Didn't yeah, they, I mean, uh, just clarification, didn't they change the COVID rules till it's five days now? I don't remember if they did that, but I don't. To be honest, remember. I thought they scrapped it. I no, thought, I, I thought they might have scrapped it entirely. I don't remember. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but that was just my thing on that. I, I don't remember what they did. Um, Corey Lindsley thing, I guess, is not too big of a deal because I think they can survive with a clap, but obviously just the communication and everything is just so much better um, when he's on the field. Obviously, this team has taken the hits when it comes to their right and left tackle spots. Um, you know, Trey Pipkin's obviously kind of going to be playing injured in this game with his sprained MCL mm-hmm. uh, as well, in addition to Jamari in place of Slater uh, already. So you don't want them to be taking more hits along the offensive line. I just, I guess my hope is I hope he actually has a fever as opposed to any potential, you know, load management situation or trying to cover a tendonitis thing, mm-hmm. not trying to accuse the Chargers of doing that. But, you know, I guess it is a little bit coincidental. Uh, so hope the best for Corey Lindsley. Hope he plays tomorrow as well. I guess we'll clap can be fine in relief um, in this game if he's needed to be. Yeah, this is a really good interior for the Broncos. At least they're, they're two main guys, the two Joneses. Uh, 24 pressures, five sacks, 19 run stops between those two guys. Really good, 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 good group. We wanted Jones as a, kind of a trade target last year. Uh, DJ Jones is a potential free agent addition this past year. As far as centers go with run blocking and assigning how that works, Stephen, I'm, I'm not really looking for the right word. I'm trying to find the right words here. What is Lindsay's role when it comes to run blocking? Does he adjust and call out and whatnot? Like, how does that work? Um, from a run blocking perspective, I don't think it would necessarily change a whole lot. He's probably the one that would um, make the checks, if any. Um, for me, I think it's just your your game plan changes pretty dramatically because of you know going from Corey Lindsley to Will Clapp because the two players are different. You know, Will Clapp is a, a taller more of a a stronger um you know into your presence as opposed to somebody who can get out and get into space and i loved that <laughs> that shot of him last week pointing out the defensive back and calling his shot and then uh ended up getting a pancake block so it's a big big deal losing Corey lindsey like i said um obviously losing or you know going to will clap is is you know he's a fine backup but they're gonna have to change a lot of things and that's my biggest thing is like we've seen so many changes with this offensive line Mm-hmm. Obviously, nothing to the extent of what's happening with the Rams uh, <laughs> so far this season. But 
um, you know, would like to see them keep some continuity. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Corey. I, I have a feeling that he does end up playing, but mm-hmm. if he doesn't, you know, this is, it's a big, big deal against Draymond and PJ uh, Jones. And last year in Denver, we saw Draymond and uh, Aline McNeil kind of just destroy the Chargers interior. Granted, that was the freaking uh, Senor Clemente game. <laughs> um, yeah. But still, uh, obviously losing Corey Lindsay would not be ideal for this week. Absolutely not. But like you said, expect him to play. Haven't heard anything otherwise. So I think it's just, I mean, as long as it doesn't get worse. But as, as it stands right yeah. now and yesterday, he's just questionable because he is sick or was sick, but should play. Yeah. So fingers crossed, everybody, in that regard. Um all right. I think that was pretty much it for the uh, injury designation outside of the Broncos stuff. Like mm-hmm. I mentioned, Caden Stern's not playing. Josie Jewell is out. Um, and then all of the other uh, injuries have really changed things. I haven't seen an update. The one thing I was really hoping to get some clarity on uh, was kind of what they're going to do at offensive tackle. I don't know if yeah. you guys have heard any of this, but you know, Billy Turner hasn't really played. He was uh, on the active roster last week, but they still decided to kind of keep things slow with him. Um, so unless they're going to play him this week, it sounds like we'll get Calvin Anderson and Cam Fleming. So theoretically, this should be a, a, a good Khalil Mack spot. And maybe we get two or three pressures from Chris Rum for Calvin anyway this week. That would also be pretty fun. <laughs> My bold prediction was two sacks from Chris Rump. So, you know, Ooh. I'm, I'm hoping for a lot here or, or one <laughs> and one with Ben Noy and Rump. Oh, full sacks or Armstrong's? No, well, four, four Armstrongs, two full ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Armstrongs, that's hilarious. Um, I'm going to just look up really quickly if they've announced who is uh, starting an offensive mm-hmm. tackle. And then the update on Simmons was that he's playing, but it's, I mean, he's just coming back, so don't expect. Oh, Justin Simmons is playing. Is he? That's what I assumed. Well, they activated him off of IR uh, earlier this week. Yeah, off IR, right, but right not before, right the before the right before actually. me and Tyler recorded on Tuesday, I, think, mm-hmm. I believe. Look at us, we're so prepared. This is what happens when we spend all day <laughs> watching football. I just assumed that he was playing, but in a limited, you know. Did they like football. activate him, or did they just like start the window or whatever? It sounded like they activated him off of IR, from what I remember. They, I know they opened the window for sure. That's for sure. Simmons is. God, they have a long injury report. <laughs> yeah. Well, they do, but a lot of them are like, you know, Belichickian questionables who are guys that'll play the game. Mm-hmm. So sure. So I have James Palmer saying that Simmons is expected to return, but that was October seventh. Um. Because I saw that I saw that they opened the window. I didn't see that he was like fully active. Right. Oh God! I guess Billy we'll find Turner's out. wearing fifty-seven. I didn't realize that. The hell kind of left tackle number Ew. is that? That'll be his PBE on uh, Monday. <laughs> or Pro Football Focus grade, I guess. Okay, sounds like uh, Zach Stevens was saying that the Broncos want to keep Billy Turner at right tackle. They don't want to play him at left tackle. Uh, so sounds like he's probably not going to see any game action right now. Cool. The defense could get use all the help it can get. All right. Okay. So we uh, obviously announced our picks earlier on Twitter. 
um, for the uh, league-wide picks. I think mine went very, very poorly. It was a very strange morning in the NFL. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, obviously, we'll get to some of our uh, key predictions for this game, and then we'll take some questions. Uh, obviously, going to be a, a quick turnaround for this episode. But, um, Tyler, we'll start with you, man. Uh, where's your head at for the, the score prediction tomorrow? Um, and ultimately, what is your game pick? Oh, boy. So logic would say that the offense, the Chargers offense, should score less than they have been. I think that's a given. If they score more than if they score more than less, that's great. Um, they go out and score 30 points. That's awesome. Some Chargers fans are expecting the Chargers to do that. I think that's very foolish. There's no way the Chargers, barring a Wilson collapse, which is, I guess is possible, but I'm not betting on the Chargers to score 30-something. I also think the Broncos are facing a Chargers defense that is not great. And frankly, the Broncos and Russell Wilson, they are kind of due for some sort of bounce back. I know they scored 20-something against the Raiders, um, but obviously we just watched them have a complete crap show on offense against the Colts. They've had some time to prepare. It sounds like, if you want to believe this was a real issue, that Russell Wilson's arm is better, like his shoulder, they got the injection, and it should be better. So there's a world where this this Broncos team, especially as a rival, does score more, and I think they will. The current over-under is 45 points. I think the Chargers will win. I have them winning 24-21, which is slightly less than they've scored recently, and the Broncos get a slight boost from their 16 points per game. But still, I do think the Chargers win, especially at home, and especially because the Broncos aren't super healthy either, even with some guys returning. So I have the Chargers winning 24-21. Yeah, um, I'm of a very similar mindset score-wise. I do think the Broncos will get a bump up just because, you know, I mean, they've had 10 days to prepare since Thursday Night Football as well. Mm -hmm. So that should, in theory, help them, although the Chargers had 10 days to prepare and then lost 38-10 to the Jags, so who knows. Um, (laughs) But... I I do think the offensive schemes, I mean, should be a little bit better. Uh, Russell Wilson apparently got that injection in his shoulder, so we'll see how that goes. Um, But I think you will see a little bit of a better offensive performance from the Broncos, if only partially because the Chargers defense has also been a little bad too, so I wouldn't be surprised if they put up an extra touchdown or at least an extra field goal on the board compared Mm -hmm. to what their usual um, scoreline has been. I'm going to go 24-20. Um, and say that the Chargers win this one. Just don't believe at the end of the day the Broncos offense has enough to keep up. I think mm-hmm. this is kind of a, well, this game is actually a very terrifying one. I think if Javante Williams was playing, um, just because of how explosive mm-hmm. a runner he is. Um, so for me, that would be particularly scary, but Melvin Gordon does not instill that same level of fear in me, And although I do believe he you know, could have a good game uh, against this kind of a run defense. So for me, considering just how much Denver's offense feels out of sync right now and the Chargers offense the last two weeks has kind of ascended past where it was, I think the Chargers will score less because of this Denver defense, but I think they'll hit that week one or two average where they've scored 24 points in both games against the Raiders and the Chiefs. I think they do it against the Broncos as well um, and do get the win in Los Angeles. Yeah, I think I feel in a, in a pretty similarly to both of you guys. I do think this is going to be kind of a lower scoring uh, affair for for different reasons, right? I, I do think this Broncos defense is very, very good. 
Um, you know, we'll see kind of what happens. Obviously, primetime Justin Herbert is a big, big factor here as well. Um, you know, but I do think we'll they'll see a, a much tougher defensive front this week. You know, the Browns and the Texans the last couple of weeks. I mean, it's just you're talking about bottom five run defenses in the league right now. Um, the Broncos are much better, like we were talking about Draymond and DJ Jones. And um, I think losing DJ uh, Josie Jewell, excuse me, is a big deal for them. But still on the defensive line, they still have a really stout front. So it's going to be a much tougher game to get the run game going this week um, for you know Josh Kelly and Austin Eckler. And, and I, I think they'll see some success, but obviously not you know 250 plus like they had last week. So um, I, I do think it's going to be a, a, a more difficult stretch for the Chargers to get kind of get offensive things going. But um, like Alex said, I think losing Javante Williams really impacts this game. I think not having Garrett Bowles impacts this game. Dalton Reisner, I think, is also out or at least banged up. Um, so I don't really trust the Broncos to score. It is a division game, so anything can really happen. So I am going with the Chargers win as, as Tyler starts typing this. Um, I'm going to go a little bit more of a bigger Chargers win, but I'm going to say 23-17. to 17. So I, like Alex, I just don't feel like the Broncos have enough of an offense to, to really make me – like the Chargers will make it interesting, of course they always do um, in these divisional games. But I just don't, I don't think the Broncos have enough of an offense for me to like sweat the pick, if that makes sense. So I do think primetime Herbert, you know, Khalil Mack should have a pretty big, sizable matchup advantage. Um, and frankly, that's like a, as simple as it gets for me. I think the Chargers' uh, best defensive front player shows up. I think their best offensive player shows up. Um, should be a, a positive bounce back for Derwin James this week as well. Uh, so I, I do think uh, Chargers win and uh, at least cover the spread this week. Yeah, I would agree. This game for me, just division game, you're slightly banged up yourself. I just want to see a win. Um, as long as I'm not seeing just critical, awful errors from the coaching staff or critical, awful errors from the players, I'm mostly happy with the win here. I think everyone should kind of just temper their expectations for how the offense will score you know guess what they're probably not scoring 34 points this week if they do promote Lombardi to head coach or something because this is currently a top three defense yes I know who they've played but they could only play who they've played and they've been a top three defense and look really good the Chargers let you know the, the Texans and the Browns and Jacoby Brissett have their way a bit with them on defense so I'm I'm almost worried for this game but at the same time like you said I just like watching the Broncos play and watching Russell Wilson, they just they just don't look good. There's nothing really there. There might be on Monday Night Football, and I'm, I'm sure the Chargers will make some sixth round pick a star. But there's just not a whole <laughs> lot there to make me say that yeah, the Broncos will go ahead and score, you know, more than the Chargers as long as the Chargers have a normal game. And and especially because the Chargers have figured out their rushing attack. If they were still struggling like they did against the Jaguars, um, you know, sort of late against the Chiefs then yeah, maybe I might even pick the Broncos to win. But because they started to find their run game, that's working. They figured out how to get Mike Williams involved. I feel okay about their floor as an offense. Whereas the Broncos, like some people are saying that the Broncos could score, you know, nine points on Monday. That's definitely possible too. So I, I just trust the Chargers floor right now. Yeah, I think that's a really fair way of putting Ooh, that. Um, lead. The Bills took the lead. 24-20. So, okay. With I'm a glad. minute left for Patrick Mahomes and two timeouts. <laughs> Gee, how's this going to end? Oh, okay. <laughs> so then just again. <laughs> yeah. And where have we seen this before? 
um they'll probably watch they'll probably score in like 20 seconds or something and then you know the bills will score like, again bills yeah. will score again or something something crazy so it's been a really fun game uh obviously not super high scoring but you know these two quarterbacks are just uh unreal so mm-hmm. um yeah obviously we'll uh we'll start taking some questions here but um I, I feel like we're we're all in agreement again you know kind of back-to-back weeks where the three of us are kind of looking at this in a very similar uh fashion so um, big, 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 big game for the Chargers defense. They have to be able to show up in uh, in, in kind of a get right fashion, in my opinion. Um, just mm-hmm. play a clean matchup, and, and you know, don't give up any of these big runs. If you give up a big run to Melvin Gordon, man, I'm going to be <laughs> so frustrated. And we all know it's probably going to happen at some point because it's Melvin Gordon. It's a revenge game and all that bullshit. But uh, yeah, if we could uh, limit him to like a 20 yard gain, that would be cool. Sounds good. There we go. <laughs> Twenty yard gains. I'm gonna see what Melvin Gordon's uh, history against the Chargers is. Let me check last year. It's tough because he wasn't the guy. I believe they give it to Javante more. Uh, let's see. They've sort of been like one four point nine yards per carry. Nice eighty three yards on seventeen carries. That's cool. And then the second game, four point three yards per carry. So along of twelve and sixteen. So yeah, under twenty seems like a good bet. Did he fumble last week? I can't remember. I don't think he's fumbled since the fourth. I know. Week. Yeah, I know he fumbled twice against the Niners, right? Maybe. I can look at this up right now. Twenty twenty-two. Uh, did not fumble last week. He did it, uh, but he there does go. one against so Seattle, <laughs> two against the Niners, one against Vegas. So he's due. He's due for a fumble. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So Teresa Compapas wants to make a bet with Alex. Um, no, yeah, I'm, I'm not Outright surprised. Alex what is this bet? <laughs> uh, he wants me to shave my head if the Padres lose, and then he'll shave. Oh no, he'll. The I Padres have to shave win. my head if the Phillies lose, and then he there has to go. shave his head if the uh, Padres lose. But that's not fair because I have to be on camera. So you <laughs> like what, no, no. We'll just, just bring him on. Yeah, we'll just stub you out until your hair grows back. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Apparently, Josh Allen hurdled somebody, too, so. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Going to have to go look awesome. at that on Twitter. Um, but yeah, so we'll take some uh, questions. Uh, obviously, if you guys feel free to use the super chat, we always appreciate that. Uh, um, you know, if you want to ask us about the game, uh, ask us about, um, baseball, I don't watch, but I guess Alex could answer a baseball question, food question, tennis question, 
all that good stuff is uh, <laughs> I guess it's kind of is it the off season of tennis at this point? Yeah, I mean pretty much. Gotcha. Um, Richard did have a comment uh, earlier. Wanted to point this out. He says, "Do something defensively, please." This is it. This is Ayo, one of the worst interception. Offenses. Interception. Mahomes threw a pick. There, Mahomes threw a pick, baby. Wow. To, to T Johnson, intended for Sky Moore. I don't know who T oh, Johnson I think that's is. A, but... I think that's a slot corner. Uh, Tehran, I want to say. Yeah. All right. All the Chargers had to do was not throw a pick six, and they'd be first in the AFC West. Damn. But I'll take it. And the Ravens lost. So it's it's Bills, obviously. Chiefs are second in the AFC or in the AFC. Mm-hmm. And then if the Chargers win, is it is it them? Uh, yeah, in terms of straight up standings, I believe so. Yeah. Hmm. At least there's a T Johnson making an impact against the Chiefs somewhere. <laughs> Spirit out. Maybe it was Tyron. You know, you never know. Tyron instead of Tyron. That's just cruel. That's cruel. Right there. Now it says play under review. Oh, guys in the live oh, chat. Oh, oh, do we have oh, Samuel Jr.? He bobbled the situation. Is Asante playing over there? What's going on, man? I'm not watching the game, so I don't know. But <laughs> somebody let us know if there's a uh, if somebody dropped it or not. If it's a clean pick. Um, <sighs> review, of course. Typical airhead. It is typical airhead. It is typical. Wait, now, now it says interception when I hit refresh. So I don't know if they just because they had to review it. They reviewed it. When now it says under review. Somebody help me in the chat. <laughs> Matt said, "No way, it's under, it's overturned." Okay, so it's a clear <laughs> interception, but we've seen this before. That, that clock's got to hit zero. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be tomorrow before I believe it. Right, right. Um, did want to get to Richard's point here, though. He says this is one of the worst offenses we will play. They've looked comical. If they don't dominate, especially on defense, what does Staley do? You know, um, we've kind of talked about this a little bit in our in our chat um just the three of us talking about the uh frustrations on defense but um this is certainly you know we saw obviously the opportunity that the Chargers offense had against the Texans and it's kind of given them some momentum I think Mm -hmm. we potentially could see the same thing for the defense if they're able to kind of get right in this game get some pressure on Russell create a couple turnovers um but Alex what do you what do you make of just kind of the the vibe around the defense right now and the opportunity they have tomorrow yeah, I mean, they have an opportunity to kind of reverse course here. Um, I guess the big thing is the last two weeks they've played two eh, Texans, not so much, but they, I mean, they played a really good rushing offense in the Browns, and we know that defensively that's just not what the Chargers are good at. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, if you are playing this Melvin Gordon Broncos rushing attack, you should be able to stop it pretty easily, right? Again, uh, but you shouldn't have. <laughs> You know, over we shouldn't be worried about over 150 yards of rushing against this team, uh, considering they don't run the ball with Russell Wilson anyway. Uh, so for me, I, I think that should be a hope or positivity, I guess, for Chargers fans. But at the same time, it's been everything else about the defense other than the run defense that's kind of bugged me because we've already sort of baked that into our equation. But what we didn't bake into our equation going into the season was J.C. Jackson looking how he's looked, unfortunately. You know, mm-hmm. Joey Bosa obviously getting injured and then Kyle Van Noy and, and Chris Rump not being able to step in quite as, you know, we would have wanted them to or, you know, create pressure as much as we would have wanted to as well as run defense. 
Um, and so, you know, even last game, Derwin did not have like the best game against the Browns. So for me, it's just been everything else on defense other than the run game, because you've kind of already baked yeah. that in as a variable. Um, and, you know, I think Tyler's said this a couple times, but just what is the identity of this defense more so than anything else? Because it doesn't feel like they've really found it yet. It is hard to find it when Joey Bose is injured and JC Jackson, you know, that situation's going on and all these other things. But it would be a nice time for the Chargers to bounce back against an offense that is struggling and, and sort of find out, you know, I guess what their defense for the rest of the year sort of will look like and what the attitude of that will be. Yeah, yeah. that's my go ahead, Tyler. Sorry. No, basically just yes. I, w- I would love a nice bounce back game for this defense. I, I just want to see. I just want to see the defense hold a team to less than they're expected to get. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just don't think that the Chargers can sustain this with the tackle situation that they have. I believe in Trey Pipkins, but I don't want to find out in the second half of the year that it was kind of fool's gold. And at some point now you have little Lindsley issues. Maybe Filer doesn't hold up like he, you know, he kind of hasn't this whole year. And then, you know, Salyer maybe isn't as great as we think. Maybe Pipkins regresses a little bit because, again, it was just a flash in the pan first half of the season or something. So, yeah, we'd love the defense to show up. Let's see. The Broncos are scoring 15 points a game. So I, I guess I feel good about the Chargers' chances of bouncing back. I don't need them to shut out the Broncos. I just want to see, you know, kind of like your score prediction, Stephen, like 17 points from the, the Broncos, 19 mm. points, 20 points. Like, just just show me that you're not going to take Houston, who's scoring currently 17.2 points per game, all the way to, was it 24, right? They ended up scoring. Um, yeah, I just I don't want to see, like, a full touchdown gain. But then again, like, I, I kind of projected that. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, lately from like a defensive perspective, I've just kind of been feeling like it's improved, but really like how much are we talking about? Because I feel like from a play to play basis, they're definitely better. Like the run defense is better, at least, you know, up front schematically, it looks cleaner. Um, Obviously having Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson and, you know, the top 10 in the league and run stop percentages and total run stop is, is, is really helping them up front. I'm just looking for more like I just need to see more clean plays being made behind the defensive line. And like that's been my biggest frustration is like, okay, the defensive line has really had some good moments. Um, Even last week against the rounds, like there were some good run stops, good pressures by Morgan Fox, Jerry Tillery, Cleo Mack. Um, And I I can't believe I just said Jerry Tillery in that same sentence. Um, (laughs) But, you know, like the defensive line is is much improved, even without having Joey Bosa right now. I think they're playing at a higher level than they were last year. Um, Maybe outside of like the last four or five games when Uchenna really kind of turned it on late. Um, But defensively, like the back seven, if you will, has really been disappointing to me outside of uh, a couple of really good games from Bryce Callahan, a couple of good games from Asante and Derwin, of course. But I just haven't really felt like a ton of cohesion outside of that. There's still a lot of communication errors, I feel like. I mean, Nas, Nasir Adderley got benched for that same reason. Um, Kenneth Murray, Drew Tranquil are not really diagnosing things super well in front of them. And so it's like you have these these mental errors that are really leading to these explosive plays being given up on defense and it's really frankly making their numbers look a lot worse than i feel like they they should be um so i just want to see them play like a a a true assignment sound game for at least the majority of the game and that's really been the biggest frustration for me is that year two of the defense you have a lot of staley's guys come in and guys who know the system and it still feels like we're, we're dealing with like 
year one mistakes, like changing from Gus Bradley to Brandon Staley's scheme type of mistakes. You know, him saying that on Monday or Tuesday or whenever it was that the defense is still a work in progress fundamentally is just it doesn't it, it it's a little frustrating if I'm going to be honest here because we're supposed to be past that stage, and the offense certainly has had that a little bit to start this season, but they've grown out of it, right? Like the offense is really starting to find its groove again um, after all of the injuries, and now we haven't seen the defense really play a clean game um outside of the first game and even that was kind of how much was it clean versus how much was Derek Carr just being bad in that game so um it's definitely been frustrating watching this defense over the last few weeks yeah and and I think the biggest thing you know you talk about the um Nasir Adderley benching and obviously we'll see if that kind of produces some sort of results for the defense going forward don't want to say Aloe Gilman's pick from Jacoby Brissett was really Aloe Gilman's doing um, but, you know, Michael Davis is also another player that's gotten benched, um, you know, pretty much did, didn't play any defensive snaps last game. And so, you know, is that something that, you know, Brandon Steele views as a problem? And now, like with those benchings, defense is kind of going to be fixed. Is there another secret benching that is coming that we don't know about? Right. Um, and, you know, Brandon Staley kind of did a lot of that in 2021 as well. So the fact that we're already kind of playing the benching game trying to like move things around uh, in 2022 is a little bit concerning to me for sure. Definitely think this defense still has potential and stuff. Um, But for me that the lack of cohesion as we've talked about, and I guess the lack of a game to game vision in terms of just knowing who your 11 guys are going to be, or your 11 starters are going to be every game, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with, with these injuries and in addition to these benching decisions that they've made, um, I guess that has been the the disappointment. Yeah, it, it's certainly been disappointing. Yes, I know the Chargers held the Chiefs pretty well, and that was great. Like that was a really, really good defensive game. That I also thought the game plan from the coaching staff worked there as well. Um, but yeah, we'd love to see them a bit better. People are asking if Gilman or, or, or Nas is starting. They said they were going to let the guys battle it out during the week, and the best guy wins. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Sure, they said that um alohi is, is the starter tomorrow so unless you know he gets sick or something from Corey, um, it sounds like alohi is the starter tomorrow and if that's the case and, and you're going to run through that the rest of the way then run through that the rest of the way please don't make this like oh adderley's starting next week oh and then gilman's yeah. starting next week like god like and if i'm being completely honest if this is the direction you're going and if alohi you know has a fine game i guess against the broncos and he's your starter the rest of the way, or at least he is over Nasir Adderley. Trade Nasir Adderley? Like, you did draft JT Woods, and yep. if you're not even going to play him over Alohi Gilman, or Nasir Adderley, that is, trade him, I guess. Like, if it's a special teams thing, fine. Like, Nasir Adderley as your special teamer is really cool, I'm sure, but, like, I don't know. At this point, if you're not going to play him over Alohi, and you already drafted JT Woods, and Adderley's walking next year anyway... What are you going to get for Adderley if he's benched the entire rest of the way? I don't know. Yeah. But if you trade him, you know, not the, this isn't like a Desmond King thing, like where it seems like there's a slight, you know, character thing here or disagreement with the coaching staff. But, you know, I, I would consider it. I would, I would be right there with you. And frankly, I would consider trading for a different safety because it's like I talked about a couple sure. weeks ago in terms of draft needs, right? Like, this defense cannot function at the way that Brandon Staley wants it to with poor safety play. 
And, um, you know, if they don't trust Nasir Anderley, sure, trade him, trade for a veteran safety. Like, you have to find something else. I mean, I don't know if Mark Webb is healthy, but like, this this unit needs like an injection of of juice, if you will, uh, in that back four. And you know we've kind of seen their their preference is is has been to have Michael Davis be their sixth defensive back. Um, not barely barely played against the Browns. Frankly, they were doing a lot of uh, base formation, nickel formation against the Browns to try and match up with their heavy personnel. But um, if you're starting Lohi Gilman, there's not going to be a big role for Nasirali. So I think that's. A good call. Kind of an extension uh, of this previous question. Chorizo with a super chat wants to know, how do you see Staley deploying uh, our corners versus the Broncos receivers? Last week, it was a lot of JC Jackson on Amari Cooper. Um, it wasn't like full on shadowing, but it was it was felt pretty close, uh, especially watching the film back. Um, so I would expect to see a lot of JC Jackson on Cortland Sutton. Obviously, he's kind of their number one receiver and uh, you know, this is a this is a big opportunity. You know, this is going to be a different kind of game than Amari Cooper is more of a precise route runner, intermediate guys. You know, J.C. Jackson is going to have a few go balls thrown his way, fades, mm-hmm. uh, slants over the middle. So this is going to be a uh, an important bounce back, not from like a speed standpoint, but like a physicality mm-hmm. standpoint. Yeah. Uh, J.C. has to be on top of it uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, and I, I think that J.C. Jackson, I talked about this a little bit with Arjun in the analytics episodes. If J.C. is, you know, having a little bit of an issue with faster, you know, route running wide receivers right now, then Cortland Sutton probably is like his best opportunity amongst the Denver receivers for a bounce back game. I think that although Jerry Judy has his drop issues, Jerry Judy is a matchup that with J.C. playing how he's currently playing now, um, you know, against speed and against route running, I think that is not the best matchup for him. So I do think he would have a little bit better luck uh, against Cortland Sutton in this game. Obviously, you know, like we talked about, um, there's no, you know, 1v1 shadowing the whole game uh, in a Staley defense. And so guys are, are going to move around anyway. Um, but you probably live with Sante on Judy for most of the game as well. Um, and then, you know, I, I guess what KJ Hamler on Bryce Callahan on KJ Hamler, like, is that probably what they do? Um, so they have another, they have other options there for Denver at receiver too. Uh, if they want to play Mike, uh, Michael Davis, they can. So, uh, yeah, but for me, I do think the primary two would be JC on Sutton and then probably Asante on Judy. Yeah, I would agree. And with Russell Wilson being the deep ball thrower sort of guy that he is, frankly, that seems to be all that he has uh, left is to chuck it up and hope somebody catches it. <laughs> it does seem like a pretty prime spot for Mr. INT, JC Jackson, to, you know, yeah. get something. In theory, he's healthier than he was last week. I don't really know where he's at. Frankly, it's a bit confusing. But, I mean, in theory, he is a bit healthier, and this is kind of what you brought him in for. Um, and you know, Wilson doesn't quite have that arm strength still. So a nice floater ball, get your first interception, start feeling good about yourself. And you know, Hey, I could see it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so hopefully this is a get right game for him. You know, that really is the only way the chargers, I think kind of make the jump up from like a fine defense to an above average defense is JC finding his stride again mm-hmm. and, and being that guy from the last couple of years. Cause it's not like we're not getting Joey Bosa back anytime soon. Right, can't imagine this team trades for a pass rusher. Although I would love that. <laughs> um, so this this is it. Like J.C. Jackson finding his his stride again is like the only way that they 
can make a jump up a tier. So um, lots of uh, Sean Payton questions rolling in already. <laughs> sure. uh, James Bauer, the Sean Payton stuff is heating up and there has been more rumors and stories put out that Sean is waiting to try and be the coach of Justin Herbert and the Chargers. He knows what he could do with Justin. Uh, I absolutely believe that Sean Payton would love to coach Justin Herbert. Um, you know, reunite with his good old pal, Joe Lombardi. And, and uh, you know, that would be a, a good change for Sean after dealing with the last few years of Teddy and Drew Brees, his end of his career and all that stuff. The issue, right, is like the Chargers perspective because whoever wants to hire Sean Payton has to trade for Sean Payton. Like you can't just pay him money to come be your coach. You have to trade for him. Uh, we haven't seen a, a head coach trade in quite some time. I think John Gruden was really the last one and only one of the modern era, if you will. Um, but if you're the Saints, like, you, do, you talk, are we talking like two first round picks for Sean Payton? Like, I don't know, like, how this thing really works. And I don't really know if the Chargers would be into that. And then also, of course, people who think this is a, th- is a thing are kind of assuming that Brandon Staley is going to be fired which right. I don't think can really be said at this point in time until mm-hmm. we see more of the season. So uh, I I buy that Sean Payton wants to coach Justin Herbert. I mean, who wouldn't, right? Like who wouldn't want to get their hands on right. Justin Herbert? Um, I, I think this is very like minimal, minimal uh, relation to the Chargers at this point in time. I think it's more than minimal. Um, what word Colin is it? Cow- Colin Coward is, you know, uh, a little bit buddy-buddy with Tom Telesco, and he's been making not-so-subtle instances on his show saying that Sean Payton (laughs) wants that job. Um, Sure. So, again, there was that report, I think, from the Miami Herald uh, that Payton was interested, I think, in the Cowboys, the Chargers, and the Dolphins uh, over the Mm -hmm. summer. That's right. I wouldn't be surprised um, if this has a little bit more heat to it than people think. Obviously, it's going to depend on how Brandon Staley performs um, the rest of the season. But you look at those teams right now, the Dolphins obviously are probably not going to be able to evaluate Mike McDaniel at this point because of everything they've been through this season with uh, the concussions and injuries to all of their quarterbacks at this point. And now... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who's more on the hot seat, Mike McCarthy or Brandon Staley is not a question that I thought I would be asking before the season started. <laughs> yeah, but honestly. here we are. Dallas is four and one with Cooper Rush. And, you know, the NFC is really weak kind of at the moment outside of outside of the NFC beast, apparently. Um, so, I mean, at this point, I, I feel like Brandon Staley out of those three destinations that we've kind of talked about before is the most on the hot seat with the most pressure on him. Um, so, yeah, I think Brandon Staley will be given the chance, uh, obviously, to coach out the rest of the season. And whatever happens, happens in terms of playoffs, no playoffs. We'll see. Um, but I wouldn't say that. I don't know if I would say he's safe if he makes the playoffs um, necessarily even. I think I don't know if that's enough with how serious the Sean Payton stuff could be, um, because if the Chargers really do feel like an ownership feels like they have a chance to go get him. I wouldn't be surprised with how much money they've already spent on the roster that they feel a more aggressive need to do that. But um, I'm personally not a fan of Sean Payton myself. So uh, I, that's kind of where I stand on that. But to <laughs> me, I would not be surprised if they wanted to go 
um, in this direction. And I, I do think there's more to this than um, is being credited for. But then again, Brandon Staley is, uh, you know, the coach for now, and it'll depend on how the rest of the season plays out. I'll see what the openings are. Like you said, Mike McCarthy probably is keeping his job at this point, especially if they make the playoffs. Like, he's keeping his job. Yeah. And I, I think the Dolphins, they're set. I think this is something that we revisit next year. But at this point, I just don't see how the Chargers, barring some epic collapse, will fire Brandon Staley. Now, and I mean that even if the defense continues to be what it currently is, which is the 30th team in points per game and bottom third in so many categories, 26 in EPA per play. But you have Justin Herbert and part of his job and really the most important thing that Brandon Staley said when he walked in, it wasn't fixing the defense. It was making Justin Herbert and the offense work. And I think that being his big selling point will hold for at least one more year because yeah. if this holds and if the offense holds, I mean, the Chargers should finish top five offense. They are currently, if they win tomorrow, you know, third or whatever it is in the AFC, someone said type with the Jets, which is, I don't even understand that <laughs> sentence right now, but I'll get to that, I guess, at some point. But um, yeah, I, I think the Chargers are just going to stand pat for a bit. It could feel like sunk cost, honestly, but they're going to have to, like, they invested a lot and more than just one year in some of these guys. You know, Khalil Mack isn't a free agent after this year. You know, Sebastian, no, he could be. But Sebastian Joseph Bay is not a free agent after this year. They made a lot. JC Jackson is sure as shit not a free agent <laughs> after this year. So they're kind of stuck, I think, through this year and, and next year as well with Brandon Staley. Um, again, stuck is a, is a kind of mean word sure. because yeah. um, they're good, I think. Um, but they are stuck. Well, I, I don't. I don't, I don't know. I mean, isn't sunk cost fallacy also if you've already invested all this stuff into your defense, not tying yourself to Staley and, you know, going out and, and finding another coach if you feel that that is the right decision to take control of this half a billion dollars you've spent, right? Um, I mean, if they do so, it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like in, in theory, a sunk cost fallacy has been a thing that a lot of GMs, some GMs understand and some GMs don't, but like, in theory, like, you know, like the Eagles could have said, oh, well, we paid Carson Wentz all this money, so therefore we have to keep him, right? But, like, they just decided to eat the money, and we've seen more, you know, franchises willing to eat the money that coaches have left on the table. Carolina owes $40 million to Matt Rule um, over the next couple of years, and they just said, fuck this anyway. Not saying that Brandon Staley's Matt Rule. But if you want to sure. change that direction and you, you know, really feel like, you know, especially Carolina is not getting a Sean Payton type, right? The Chargers are the team that has the chance to do that. So for me, um, I, I don't think that he's safe necessarily um, with with even a playoff berth. I think if they go like 10 and 7 and let's say they like get blown out by the Bills in like the wild card game. Like, I don't know if Sean Payton circling that job. I, I don't think that that makes Brandon Staley safe, especially with the heat. He already does take from the media and some of the fans. So well, if they I, want to I give Sean know. Payton that job and they're open to it, then Brandon Staley, like they'll look for any excuse they can to fire him if they actually want yeah. to give him that job. Right. Sean Payton wants to return and they want to trade for him. Then, yeah, they'll look for yeah. any excuse. Um, I just don't think like, I don't think I don't think they will. I've you know discussed it. We talked about it in discord they pivot away from their previous coach in some way to something drastically mm -hmm. different. So Sean Payton would be very, very different from Brandon Staley in many right. ways. Yeah. So it's possible. I just, I don't see the chargers doing it, but like you like Alex is saying, like, I'm not going to also rule it out as well. 
And we're talking about Brandon Staley's coffee habits now in the chat. Like, what are we doing? Um, like for me, like I- I'm, I'm kind of in the middle here. Like I still need to see what happens the rest of the season. Like, I think there's, there's a lot of unjustified fan heat on the coaching staff. And in terms of like firing the staff, I certainly have had my complaints, particularly about like roster management decisions. Um, but I mean, you're dealing with all of these kind of injuries and it's, it's just extremely difficult to keep your team afloat. And the Chargers have been able to bounce back at least on offense and, and get things going. So I do think Brandon Staley, um, you know, has earned the chance to, you know, prove what they can do the rest of the season. I think Alex's point about like making the playoffs and then getting blown out in the playoffs. I think that is a discussion that you could see happening and um, trying to salvage the the rookie contract window of Justin Herbert and, and being able to, you know, make a step forward as, as a franchise in the next year or two, I think is, is certainly in the realm of possibilities. I think that this team is still a good team. I still think they're a playoff team potentially win a playoff game. Um, so I, I still think you kind of have to wait and see uh, where this coaching staff is. But um, I'm definitely not personally at the point where I'm advocating for firing a coach at, no. by any means. I mean, they certainly, like I said, I still think this is a good team. They've bounced back the last two ways, two weeks, even if it hasn't been like the cleanest kind of world. Um, but I, I don't think we're at firing a coach talk right no. now. It's just that, you know, Colin Cowherd and Tom Telesco are buddies and they're talking about it every single week and he's yeah. buddies with Sean Payton now. So um, there is a yeah. lot of media smoke behind this conversation, but I don't think the Chargers yeah. are there yet. No, we, we have not hit the point of Anthony Lynn sucks part one and Anthony <laughs> Lynn sucks part two of the, of the GAC season yet. We're still very yeah. far away yeah. from there. Um, this is very important to me. What What is Brandon Staley's coffee habits that people are discussing in the chat? Uh, like every time he does a press conference, he, oh. he has a cup of coffee with him. Oh, that's like at that's, that's 11 nothing. in the morning. I thought, or I thought, someone, I thought someone, why would you drink caffeine? Like... That's insane. I didn't know why. you. Really... <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought somebody God. was talking about like Brandon Staley just had some like Will Levis of Kentucky type coffee habit where he just dumped like a no. bottle of mayo in there or something. And then I was like, okay, that's a fire. <laughs> offense. You should trade 10 picks for Sean Payton if that's the case. But otherwise, no. <laughs> No, I think he just he likes to have drink coffee. I I, I think his uh, his brother said one time on Twitter during the off season that it's like six cups a day or something like that. But um, yeah, somebody was saying that him Jesus having Christ, coffee. six cups of coffee a day, and you're the coach of the Chargers who play like one score games all the time. <laughs> you no wonder yeah. he's fucking losing his hair. Like <laughs> he's gonna age like the guy from uh, oh. Indiana Jones, Last he's, Crusade. He's gonna he's age like, like ah, Bush at this rate. Like it goes. Yeah, the, the king in uh, in uh, the House of Dragon series right now. Yeah. Yes. Um, exactly. <laughs> but like Richard said, you know, try coaching the Chargers without coffee. Like be brutal um but yeah i think we're still a ways away from talking about um Mm -hmm. you know firing this coaching staff i will say that i would love i would be very interested if brandon sadie would consider you know the defense like not necessarily super working out this season if he would consider kind of handing play calling off to somebody else um you know that's that's been kind of the most interesting thing for me about like what the giants are doing with with how their offense is working is Brian Dale's not even calling plays. Like he's just kind of handling everything else. And Mike Kafka mm-hmm. is calling plays on offense. So I would be interested in seeing kind of what, you know, hiring a, a not that yeah. you know, who's like illegitimate, but like hiring a veteran defensive coordinator and letting him call plays mm-hmm. and letting Brandon just kind of focus on game management and everything else from head coach. I would be curious to see 
what that would do for him as a coach and the team as a whole, of course. Yeah, I mean, we did talk a lot about Vic Fangio um, this offseason after he was fired. Uh, we did a little, well, not a lot, but we talked a little bit about that. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, given the connections to Staley and all that kind of stuff, if they wanted to reevaluate after the season or something like that. Um, but yeah. All right. We'll take uh, a few more questions here uh, until we uh, head out for uh, watching Sunday Night Football. So if you haven't had a chance to answer your uh, question, please do so. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Who's your favorite college prospect? Absolutely Dalton Kincaid. Uh, my guy was absolutely freaking incredible last night. Uh, should be tight end one, but he probably won't. That'd be, but uh, Yeah, my guy Dalton Kincaid. Shout out. I didn't watch the game. All I got to see was Twitter, which is basically just the refs are screwing somebody. <laughs> Dalton Kincaid gets another 10-yard reception. He had like 214 yards or something. 234. He had 16 catches for 234 yards. A tight end. A tight end. Like all my people in here that are USC fans, I'm not, I mean, on, on Twitter, everybody was blaming the refs. And the refs were shit. Absolutely. The Pac-12 refs had a banner day. Uh, but you can't give up 234 yards to a tight end and and try and win a game like as much as i love dalton we're talking about 234 yards to a tight end uh philadelphia and saint joe preps very own marvin harrison jr is he nfl draft eligible this year i don't know if it's this year or next year um but he's really he's nice he's nice uh, and obviously i i didn't watch a whole lot of the alabama tennessee game but jalen hyatt uh i mean <laughs> he definitely earned himself mm -hmm. some nfl dollars yesterday yeah absolutely All right. One more question. Oh, man. Somebody brought up cancer. What are we doing? Hello to our audio listeners who don't know what's happening right now. How are you? <laughs> oh, do we want to talk about carne asada burritos or Philly cheesesteaks? That's an interesting one, I guess. Carne oh, did this burrito. come up because of the San Diego Philly thing? I assume um, yes. I assume yeah. Yes. Disgusting Philly cheesesteaks. It sounds like a bunch of people who live in California never had Philly cheesesteaks. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think carne asada burritos are very good. But, I mean, I'm going to be biased and go with Philly cheesesteaks here. But I admit it is it is a close, close contest. Yeah, I think this is a close contest as well. Um, I like carne asada burritos, but... You know, Philly cheesesteaks, if you make them well, are fantastic. I was saying this to Alex yesterday, but my brother served his uh, LDS church mission in uh, in Philadelphia. And so we all went back to Philadelphia a few years after he got back. And um, I forget the name of the place we went to, but it was like a truly like celestial experience eating a real Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. Dallas Andros, if you're ever there, that is my favorite place personally. Do we just call it cheesesteak, Alex? Uh, like, well, yeah. I mean, most of the time, just call it cheesesteak. Or some people say steak sandwich, but I don't know. I've always called it cheesesteak. Um, but it's very, it is very important what you call the cheese because you got, you got to have some of that whiz whiz on your Philly cheesesteak. No, whiz, I don't want whiz whiz, whiz on my fucking Philly cheesesteak. What in the <laughs> hell is that? Whiz whiz. <laughs> Not not pee pee, but like you know, <laughs> the cheese. There's a whiz whiz. Like less diluted. Whiz -whiz. You didn't drink enough that 
Is that yellow? <laughs> <laughs> it's orange, not yellow, but yeah. Oh, orange. That's a whole other issue. <laughs> um, all right, last question here because I did see it a few times. Uh, obviously, the trade deadline is a few weeks away. Um, also, want to give a shout out to uh, Tyler's mom with the super sticker as always. So uh, you can officially cross Robbie Anderson off of your list. I did not think that was going to happen. <laughs> oh, I'm not crossing him off of mine. I don't care. You can. I'm saying it like a predictive list. list. I'm saying oh. like from a Chargers perspective, uh, they're not trading for him after that stuff uh, that he pulled today. In my opinion, at least. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't like a full Antonio Brown thing. Like he just kind of barked at the coaches and got kicked out and he doesn't really have like a history i mean i don't know if he would be totally off the list but i, d- I didn't think he was on the list to begin with because right. he runs way too fast and he makes <laughs> um so those two things would eliminate him from the chargers don't know if there is a trade target but i would imagine it probably wouldn't be at wide receiver but rather probably edge if they wanted to go that way um or if they, you know, wanted to get some uh, back seven reinforcements as well, uh, and and shore up the secondary, uh, considering how that unit has played so far, I I definitely do think it would be a defensive addition as opposed to an offensive addition. And I think the Chargers' philosophy mm-hmm. and receivers at this point is Keenan Allen's coming back either this week, uh, next week after the bye, and so therefore we don't need a wide receiver. I don't I don't think they're going to go in that direction. I would agree and frankly i will wait to see these additions or these trades and then when they happen then i'll believe that telesco will do it i would consider <laughs> considering how much right. they have invested so nfc team that's probably not going to be doing very well that could be sellers that has a lot invested at that position already i would go with diami brown from the washington commanders because they have they just drafted uh dotson in the first round they have terry mclaurin they have not debo what's in it curtis samuel curtis samuel yeah. um so I would say that Deami Brown as a deep threat sort of guy. Again, Chargers have to want a deep threat, but um, yeah. I forgot he had a pulse. I forgot he existed. He had two deep bombs against whatever team that was uh, last week. I consider Deami Brown on his rookie contract. I would love that. I mean, uh, he was one of my favorites in that draft class, so could have just drafted him, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I don't think that they end up trading for a wide receiver. I think they're going to wait until they see kind of what this looks like with Keenan back and healthy. Um, and then, you know, we've, it's just like the same conversation, right? Like, why would they trade for Robbie Anderson when like Keenan Allen's coming back? So, um, that's my thing with like wide receiver at this point. Um, in terms of defensively, I do think that there is a, a bigger possibility of adding somebody, especially because, like we're talking about Brandon Sadie's reputation as a defensive play caller. It's like, how much does he want to kind of let this personnel keep being an issue? So um, Robert Quinn is available. You could reunite him with Khalil and with Brandon. Actually, I don't think Brandon Sadie coached him. No, that's no. But you could reunite with reunite him with Khalil Mack, get some legitimate juice on, on uh, opposite of him. I think he is a free agent after this season. Uh, so you're talking about a, a legit like rental. So I think that could be a possibility. I think like Jerry Hughes with Houston could also be a possibility. It's an AFC team, but they've invested in, in edge quite a bit as well. Um, they're not a contending level team, so they could be sellers. So um, I would focus my attention more on the defensive line or, or back half of, of the defense. You know, Xavier Woods uh, in, in Carolina is another veteran I wouldn't be opposed to was in Minnesota with Ryan Ficken. So at least there's some kind of coaching ties there. So 
Um, you know, as much as I would love Robbie Anderson on the Chargers, right? Like there's no there's no ties to the coaching staff. He just got kicked off his team uh, today. So um, that's really where I would focus in more is, is on the defense and see what you can uh, make happen there. What's Tutu Atwell up to? Is he doing anything? <laughs> not really. Not not really. He plays like I think like 10 snaps a game on offense. He's mostly just their returner. I'm sure there's a reason. Um, but I don't know. Find somebody. That doesn't meet the height requirement. Sorry. <laughs> He's too doesn't work. He definitely does not meet that requirement. <laughs> no. <laughs> but if we fatten him up enough and he gets slow enough. <laughs> if if we if we put him in like, you know, when the they put two kids on top of each other in a trench coat in like a movie and then exactly. we get well on the Chargers. Yeah. Sounds pretty good. Okay, so Richard says that uh Robert Quinn has two years left on his deal. Mm-hmm. Um which I thought that he was a free agent after this season, but um, I'm pretty sure you could cut him after the season and do the same thing pretty much. By the way, I have to correct something that I've been saying wrong and someone pointed it out on Twitter. I thought Alohi Gilman was a free agent after this season. He's not. I, I've been saying it like over and over again. I oh. thought he was. He's not. I don't know how he I was drafted in 2020, right? So he would have one more year after this year. Yeah. For some reason, I thought that they had kind of like, kind of like Mark Webb cut him, brought him back, smaller deal or whatever, but. Never mind. Oh yeah, I uh, I don't know why I thought that he was cut as a rookie too, but I don't know. Um, someone said Deshaun Jackson, his Holy hamstrings, moron. his hamstrings are made out of whiz whiz at this point, so I, I don't <laughs> think that I don't think that's a good idea. Also, he's an anti-Semite, but yeah. <laughs> I learned whiz whiz is good though today, so maybe that's not a bad thing. No, uh, well, yes, no. Wizwiz tastes very good, but that means his hamstrings are literally made out of cheese. So um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think that he would hold up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, in terms of a receiver, like I said, I would want to see what it looks like with Keenan back. Maybe sign John Hightower to the active roster instead of Jason Moore. Like that would be cool. Um, but yeah, I don't think they'll end up trading with somebody. <laughs> somebody said the the spam person was a Raiders fan. That's hilarious. Yeah, let's see. The bot was Tinder Hot XYZ best adult <laughs> dating site. So yeah, maybe. Also not our sponsor, but we'll also take <laughs> <our sponsor. laughs> Charge Podcast sponsored by Tinder Hot XYZ best adult dating site. Go to go to tinderhot.xyz slash guilty to get 10% off your first purchase. It literally lines itself up. Yeah. I wonder if that's why Goodness. we get so many darn spam. You know, you're listening bots. to the Guilty as Charged podcast, but we know you're going to be doing some guilty activities later. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have a field oh day gosh. with that every week. That'd oh, I know. It would be so oh fun. Oh, my gosh. Goodness sake. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> the comment. Oh, my gosh. I'm dying. Um, but, yeah, I think that's uh, that's a good spot to end it. So uh tyler <laughs> we'll we'll uh, start with you man any final thoughts before we uh head out and uh get ready for the uh game tomorrow night i'm going to live in this bubble and this bliss of not watching the entire game except for like the final 15 minutes of the game so you know i'll just show up tomorrow night and uh you know you'll let me know what happened hopefully there's a win so you're gonna do the opposite of what i did uh when the chargers play the chiefs on amazon prime yeah, because I have class until 7.30, and I won't get home until like 8-something. So it'll just be me like, I don't know, did they win? I'll, I'll watch whatever the game-ending crazy drive that gives us all anxiety is. <laughs> and I'll tweet like, WTF are we doing? Just for, <laughs> you know. 
Oh man, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, Alex, any uh, final thoughts before we head out? Uh, no, just hope Chargers get the win tomorrow. Uh, obviously, big divisional game. Always like to beat Denver. Um, and yeah, no, just hope we get the win tomorrow and move on from there. Because technically, if they get the win tomorrow, they're tied for first in the division again. Yeah, big game. Even though it doesn't really. I don't feel like it has a ton of juice, or at least it doesn't have as much juice as it would have uh, heading into the season. So uh, I'm excited about it either way. I haven't spent a whole lot of time thinking about football this week up until really yesterday. Um, but you know, I think this is a good opportunity again for the Chargers to keep building, stacking up some wins, stacking up some good games. Uh, and I look forward to them uh, making Russell Wilson look better after I talked shit on him all week, two weeks ago. So that should be fun as well. Yeah. I literally have Russell Wilson's face on Thomas, the tank engine right <laughs> thumbnail. I've been talking mad shit in the thumbnails and boy, am I going to hear it with that said, this is how bad Russell Wilson has been. I haven't seen a single Broncos fan in our live chats at all this entire week. Yeah. Even Jaguars fans showed up and even Texans fans showed up. Yeah, that was uh there's not a lot of excitement around uh Broncos media from what I can tell either. There's they're already talking about firing their head coach, so that's where they're at. I'm going to do a rare instance of freeze cold taking myself. I wanted to trade Jalen Hurts for Russell Wilson so bad, and I <laughs> fucking hate myself for it. So I apologize. There you go. There you go. Um, hey man, we all have those takes. It's all good. So, you know, Russell Wilson once was a guy, now he's not. So uh, should be fun. We're going to go live directly after the show or after the game, excuse me, uh, tomorrow night, probably about 15 minutes afterwards. So we'll have some live reaction. Uh, we'll see if Arjun joins us for, for that as well. I think he had a pretty eventful afternoon at, at the uh, big noon kickoff as well. So uh, shout out to Arjun. Always appreciate all of his work as well. So um, yeah, that's going to do it for us today, guys. Appreciate everybody showing up. Uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday night, and we'll see you tomorrow. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.